Welcome to episode 37 of the Soul Brew Podcast. This one we're calling Macho Man. The reason being, this is the end of November 2023. And inspired by the Village People song, Macho Man, and they have sublime moustaches. Aiden, don't they? <laughs> do. And I must ask you a question. But I'm gonna shave it till later. Uh, we just end the episode here. <laughs> so this month nonsense. we decided that we would take part in November. We pick a charity nearly every year around this time. And this year we went with November, which is a men's health charity, which they try to highlight throughout um the year and the months. Uh particularly this month is when they raise a lot of their funds. It's for mental health and it's also for uh, to raise awareness on prostate cancer and testicular cancer. And we brought a guest on and to have a conversation with us. And Stephen is going to introduce the guest for us. Yes, so we have Ashley Quigley with us. She is the marketing and communications manager. She has been working with Movember since she came home from Australia and in Australia she was working on in the industry of well-being mindfulness and meditation so she's loads of personal experience and working experience in the field of mental health and looking after yourself and she discusses a lot about that and also the role as you said Aiden uh, that November is about mental health and suicide prevention but also prostate cancer and testicular cancer so if anyone that doesn't know Aiden has gone through having testicular cancer and he discusses this uh, in the episode as well uh, in a really heartwarming way, I would say. Yeah, and if you are listening to this in real time, because we do try to keep a lot of our episodes timeless, uh, there's one part of this that will be um, not timeless and it is now the 30th, no, it's the 1st, of December 2023 there will be about two more weeks where you could donate to us for this charity uh, so far we've raised nearly 2,000 euros if you're listening to this after uh, the middle of December 2023 you will not be able to donate but maybe we'll do it again next year you can donate via link in our Instagram page and the bio in this episode will have the link to our team and a big shout out to Michal, Oshin, Finn, Kyle, Ewan, Kyle, Luke, Declan, Daniel, Veronica, Darren, Eric, Melanie and Hannah who are also on our team and have also either grown a moustache or ran 60 kilometres as well, Aiden, isn't that right? That's right, uh, myself included in those 60 kilometres and something that I used to abuse people for doing, <laughs> running, um, <laughs> But yeah, so one one of the things in the charity was that you could also do a physical challenge, uh, which was to run 60 kilometers over the month of November. And me and Stephen were just talking briefly. I'm not a runner. Uh, Normally didn't like it just due to knee issues and stuff. But thankfully, that was okay, And I absolutely loved getting out running. I think it was very good for my own mental health Um, a lot of my own work is either in a gym or at a laptop and I don't get outside very much 
And so the running really brought me outside this month uh, way more than I normally would have been. And so I 100% noticed the the health benefits, both physical and mental, for doing the run. So I'm I'm very glad I took part in this challenge. Deadly, and it's one of the good things about, even though November is obviously for the month of November, it's important to look after your own mental health and check yourself regularly throughout the year, both men and women. And yeah, picking up good habits any time of the year is great. And hopefully that'll continue for you in... Hopefully. Well, I'll not hang up the running shoes just yet. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a great uh, episode. It's very easy to listen to. It's very chilled. Ashlyn has a great story herself, having lived um, in Australia for, I think, about 10 years and is now mm-hmm. back home in Ireland uh, working for this charity. So we really hope you enjoy this episode and you get something out of it. And if you want to take part in November next year, give me a shout because I'm always up for growing a moustache, even though my moustache is incredibly pale <laughs> and you can't see it, but I, I'm, I'm up for it. I think it's beautiful in, and I think we should just keep it going all year round maybe, but anyway, we'll discuss about that after here Ashley is discussing more about November. Today is November the 29th and I'm reading the daily stoic by Ryan holiday. The title is you're going to be okay. And the quote from Marcus Aurelius is, don't lament this and don't get agitated. The explanation from Ryan is this. There's that feeling we get when something happens. It's all over now. All is lost. What follows are complaints and pity and misery. The impotent struggle against something that's already occurred. Why bother? We have no idea what the future holds. We have no idea what's coming up around the bend. It could be more problems, or this could be the darkness before the dawn. If we're stoic, there is one thing we can be sure of. Whatever happens, we are going to be okay. Today, we are joined by Ashling, who is the head of marketing for Movember Ireland. Ashling, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. From that quote that I just read, could you maybe tell us a little bit about what that means to you and your involvement with this charity? Yeah, I mean, it's a timely quote uh, coming up to, particularly for us at the at November, it's, we're heading towards the end of the month, which means that we'll almost have had 30 days and 30 nights of this hairy season, which is really ultimately to shine a light on mental health and to listen to that quote as you mentioned it there that notion of it we're going to be okay you know and and the highs and lows and swings and roundabouts ultimately you know that idea that brighter days are always ahead irrespective of what it is that you're going through now um i think that's a really important message to remember and it's one that i think when you're in the thick of things and especially the hard things it's something that you can often lose sight of um and also the fact that you know we all go through hard things. So that notion, I think sometimes when you're you're stuck right in something really difficult or really challenging, it can often feel really isolating and it can feel like you're the only one who's going through it, you know, that everyone else has got all their stuff figured out. But I think to come back to, to messages like that and to quotes like that, it kind of gives that sense of perspective, I think, which can just help you re- recognize that, you know, not every day can be a good day. 
and on the bad days and the challenging days all all that you can do is really put one foot in front of the other and you know have hope because there is always hope if nothing else and it always will be okay excellent and i think that's something that november is quite good at highlighting um so you've been working with them for how long actually Pretty fresh, actually. Um, started back in July. Um, had come back after ten and a half years living in Australia, and came from working, I guess, in well-being myself. So I had had a, a well-being business in Australia for five to six years. My background ultimately was kind of marketing and comms and events and things like that. But got into well-being, I guess, from my own personal experience with mental health and it being ultimately challenged and I guess then going on to discover tools and practices and um, concepts I guess that would help me find some balance in my life and ultimately help me support my mental health a little better and that then post I guess COVID and and lockdowns and all those kind of fun things um, that led me to go on to look to work back in the team because ultimately I was working for myself for you know all those years and that can be challenging, you know, in and of itself. As we all know, lockdown was was tough for many different reasons. And Melbourne at the time was probably one of the most locked down cities in the world. Um, and so was looking for, I guess, that sense of team, but also a greater sense of purpose, you know, and being able to make a greater impact on the world. Having had the experiences that I'd had working in in the wellbeing space, you know, I'd heard a lot of stories and knew, I guess. Uh, a cross section of whoever had crossed my path and how people had been struggling or how people were supporting themselves and ultimately wanted to do more you know and, and make a greater impact in whatever way I could in this in this small little patch of mine so I got into um, philanthropy actually in Australia uh, for a little bit um, but then actually made the decision to move home after all of those years as I said it was 10 and a half years um, had had a visit back last year for nine weeks and just realized that you know I kind of came full circle realizing that the support that comes with being around family and friends and you know that the social connection piece I think you know having though I was surrounded by people in Australia I felt quite you know that that piece was missing so I moved back to Ireland in April and took a little bit of time just to find something that would be that cross-section I guess of well-being physical mental health um with the the charity not-for-profit kind of element um but also merging the skills of marketing and comms and uh this job came up with November which you know I just read it on paper I was like no way could this possibly be a job like this is all the things that I love all, all merged in one and um have to say it's been one of the the greatest positions that I've had today that's been it's been brilliant and yeah the work that we do it's it's such a privilege um and i think what sets us apart is this notion and this value that we have of having fun doing good you know the we don't take ourselves too seriously you know i think this this world of absolutely there's there's respect and you know especially when it comes to people's stories and experiences but that element of fun you know that whilst you're doing the good things in the world and um, is something that I think really sets us apart and um there's such longevity there with you know the the um the tradition of Movember <laughs> it's our 20th birthday this year so 
um yeah it's been a it's been a great one to be part of do you have any personal connection to the charity or was there any reason why you picked uh november charity over uh another charity um i guess personally it's the mental health side that really drew me in and that was what i probably knew best for um it's i mean it's 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 big in ireland and it's growing all the time but it's absolutely massive in australia because it was founded there so it started off with uh, over two two guys and a beer um, in a pub up in Fitzroy in Melbourne all those years ago, back in 2003. And um, with that want to do good, you know, and, and tackling because they thought that men were dying too young for largely preventable reasons like mental health and suicide, like testicular and prostate cancer. But for me, as I mentioned, I had been working in well-being, but it was predominantly, I guess, in in supporting mental health in some capacity across all the different roles that I've done in the past. Um, but I guess my my biggest connection to it it came from my own personal experience, really, and that was I'd been working in that fast-paced, high-pressure environment of marketing and media agencies. And had been really running the, you know, do more, be more, push more kind of mentality and burning the candle at both ends. And it was actually, I remember it well, it was a Tuesday morning and I'd been up all night after a global conference call the night before. I had bags under my eyes, you know, I was exhausted. And um, I came into the office and I remember like the phone was flashing and would have had, you know, close to 50 messages from different clients. I knew my laptop was full of an inbox full of all sorts that I had to kind of attend to and just felt the heart reading really, really fast. And I had been challenged by anxiety, I guess. Um, it'd been something that I'd been living with since probably my earliest recollection of it is was back when I was in college. And I remember one day actually um, being in the in the bathroom and seeing on the bath of the the back of the bathroom door this poster and it had a number of different kind of symptoms and signs and all kind of pointing to anxiety and was saying you know do you ever feel do do you have you noticed this and I was like yes 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 and was like well you might have anxiety and I was like it was something you know back then it just wasn't spoken about and it was a word that would very rarely have been banded about and I was like that's totally me like do, do I have anxiety is this a thing and had had actually not regular at that point but had had a few panic attacks around exam times and things like that and hadn't really known what they were you know didn't really have label for them but it was this time when I was in my office back in Australia in Melbourne um as I said my heart was racing I felt the palms getting sweaty and I ran into the bathroom and the next thing I know, I was waking up on the bathroom floor after having a panic attack and passing out. And it was that point where I said, something is seriously wrong here. You know, there's what, how am I getting to this point where I'm, I'm passing out on a bathroom floor? Something's got to change. And that panic attack, ultimately, even though it wasn't the first one that I had, it was the catalyst, I guess, for wanting to go on and learn more about how I could support myself better and look after myself and I guess understand my mental health and that led down a path of going on to to practice things like yoga and meditation and and breathwork and all of that but I'm not saying you know that's the be all and end all they can be great tools for people but 
it was kind of that married with eventually going to therapy um, and speaking to somebody and getting to understand my mind a lot better and, and recognising too that there was nothing wrong with me. It was just ultimately ways that I could navigate the world better uh, with tools and support that was available. I think my favourite thing about Movember is that it's like a visual community. You know, people often raise money for a charity through different um types of ways and that but i think it's like uh if you're out and about you can spot someone and it's that sense of community and connection that you're talking about all there, i that... see is mustaches i know <laughs> i just see them everywhere <laughs> now i'm like and you just you just it's like that thing like when you're out for and i think you talked about this before and you see someone with a ga jersey and you see you see uh someone with a mustache now you just kind of give them the nod you know it's like uh <laughs> like i'm a i'm with you sort of thing you know not a respect and I, I, but it does bring up conversations and people without realizing it are starting to talk about mental health of men through having a mustache whereas the same people might never have you know had them conversations it is classic that and then you also get to grow unbelievable mustaches like the two of us as well so it's a win win that's it. Oh, it's a, it's a visual bit. It's a visual billboard. You know, it's people walk around, and as you said, it's kind of the nod or the little twitch of the upper lip that kind of gets said from person to person. And I guess from a marketing perspective, that's what fed for this year's creative, which was called the Order of Mo. It was like the world's least secret secret society because <laughs> you know straight away when someone's part of it, all you have to do is give them a little wink as you're crossing the road. But um. <laughs> It, it is you know it's it's as I said we're all about having fun doing good but it is a bit of fun you know the mustache and um often when when we do talk to the community and, and guys who are growing they all we say you know if you could if you could um if you could describe your mustache or your mo in three words you know what would you what would you say and I remember first when I first heard I was asking the question I was thinking people were going to say luscious hairy you know something amazing and um, but all we were hearing from people were like room for improvement needs more work things like that so um as i said it's it's a bit of fun i think we're realizing that men are a bit more fol- uh, follically challenged sometimes than we, th- we think <laughs> i come into that i come into that category i did not realize how ginger and blonde i was until uh <laughs> started going the mustache with Stevens is, is definitely much more impressive in terms of darkness anyway. It's just black hair, yes. It's kind of on a white face, kind of <laughs> makes it more pronounced, doesn't it? <laughs> There's um, room for all shapes and sizes. Uh, of course, yeah. And I love that. So I love seeing the more obvious, almost the more ridiculous it is, the better sometimes. Um, mm. It's just cool seeing all the different. And yeah, I think. Uh, I think everyone could see that angle probably that there's room for improvement because you think you're doing good and then you see someone with this monster tash. <laughs> there's definitely an element of like, oh, damn, how do I get that? Um, apart from the like, like the more fun side of it, there's also a very serious side to this charity and and men's mental health as such. Um, I think uh, you can tell me here if I'm wrong, but I think globally at sixty men per hour die by suicide am i right in saying that which is which is staggering yeah, and any, anyone who isn't aware of, of how the charity uh works as well apart from um growing a mustache there was a number of initiatives 
that you could do and running 60 kilometers was one of them which Stephen and myself and a couple of the team took part in uh, and I think I have five kilometers left to get done now tomorrow and on many of those runs like I'm, I'm not a runner by nature like and and I could find myself daydreaming when I was running and every kilometer I ran was just one life you know over and that was one life a minute that I was thinking about and it's I don't know on some some level I know that that mental health is very different for everybody and and it can be a very dark place but there was one part of me that that really hoped that that out there somewhere I wish that if anyone was in that dark place that they knew that there was just a random lad from Donegal running through the streets of Vienna thinking about him even though I didn't know him um, and you had talked a little bit about yourself, about what you were doing for the charity. Um, but maybe you could also talk to us about what, what you've been doing yourself and and maybe run some of the numbers past us and, and raise a bit of awareness around that for us. Yeah, absolutely. And congrats on the 60 kilometers. It's not an easy feat to do. Um, no, my body's in bits. <laughs> I, everyone I hear has been speaking to they're like oh my physio hates me or you know I'm, I didn't realize I've things aching that I, I didn't know I had it's um yeah it's it's no mean feat that's for sure and uh yeah congrats on giving that a go but yeah for me the that was the biggest stat I think that really hit home when I started November. I remember being in one of the, the induction meetings and someone's telling us that sad about, you know, how we lose globally, we lose one man every minute of every hour. So 60 men globally every hour to suicide. And I, I often like to just take a pause after you, you share that stat because it's huge. It's, it's absolutely huge. And I don't think, any of us, you know, we, we know that suicide is really an, an epidemic, you know, and it's something that is each one of them men is, is a man that we, you know, we shouldn't have lost. Um, and you would hope that there was someone out there that could have had that conversation or, you know, if they'd have just asked or you could, you know, you could look at it a million different ways. But we have lost them and we continue to lose them. So there's something ultimately really wrong with how we're living our lives these days. And within Ireland, it's it's very similar stats in that, you know, three out of four deaths that we see in Ireland um, are by men and by, who died by suicide. And it's also the leading cause of death in men aged between the ages of 15 and 29 in Ireland. And that's, you know, it's, it's something that's quite sobering, I think, when you hear that. Um, and so for me, that 60 meant a lot. And I was trying to think, you know, what can I do? Because often we get that com that question from women who want to get involved and say, you know, is it just for men? I can't grow a moustache. What can I do? So we say that you can grow, which is the growing the moustache. You can move, which is maybe doing the 60 kilometers. We see all sorts um often we see people who might do cycling trips or runs and even on you know the Strava account they might do it in the shape of a moustache or things like that and which is quite interesting but um I decided that I was going to do 60 seed it uh, over the course of the month because in the past I've done kind of a day for day and that was yes it's challenging and particularly in November in the Irish Sea it wasn't something that I'd really kind of thought too much about but um 
uh, especially it's quite different water temperature compared to Australia, that's for sure. But I thought that that second dip a day, you know, that's something that would really challenge me. And I had actually just seen, um, we ran an event called Mental Health on the Big Screen on World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October. And we had a one of our ambassadors called Sean O'Hara, an incredible guy. I don't know if you've come across him, but he uh, two years ago ran 30 marathons in 30 days. And uh, it, when you say, you know, your body was hurting there after the 60 kilometers, you can only imagine how his was. But he had a friend of his um, and, you know, he'll openly say that at one point he was about to take his own life. And he did his first, I think it was his first marathon for Movember. And that was maybe three years ago. And he got just such a buzz from raising the money, raising the awareness, the conversations like that, that it was starting to open up, you know, even his own close mate who saw what he was doing and just starting to speak up about things that they were feeling. And he was so blown away by, by it that he said, you know, what if I did 30 of these in a row? What what kind of impact might that have? And so he did it. And a friend of his was a filmmaker and he recorded the whole journey uh, in this incredible, incredible piece. Um, and we showed it on, we we hired out one of the movie theatres in town uh, in October and we showed it on the big screen and I watched it and I hadn't seen it up until that point. I'd just seen a trailer. And I remember watching it and going, oh my gosh, like the, the challenges and the things that people put through to raise awareness, you know, to challenge themselves and, and grow themselves mentally as well, you know, but also, ultimately, those kinds of challenges, as you rightly said, they give you time to reflect and to think. And for me, the the extra dip a day um, was something that was definitely going to be a challenge. You know, it's, it's hard even to find the time to do two a day, mm. but um, decided to do that. And it's funny when you when you tell people these challenges, I remember everyone at the beginning of the month was giving me all sorts of excuses of how I could get out of it. I was like, I haven't even started yet. <laughs> and um, they, uh, you know, it was all kind of feeding in, but there's probably an element of stubbornness there as well that was saying, you know, no, these are the guys that you're you're ultimately doing this for. You know, I'm I'm lucky enough and I'm fortunate enough to, to have these men share these stories with me. Um, and it's something that I, I definitely don't take for granted. But hearing those stories and coming back, because you, you can hear the stats and <clears throat> yes, it's quite sobering, but you know, you kind of get back on with your day and you, you, you know, life comes up. But I think when you've come across these stories and these humans ultimately um, who are really struggling or really challenged and they remind you as humanity how much we can struggle and how much we are challenged but how none of us have this life thing figured out and we're all just trying our way finding our way and doing the best that we can that's what gives you the drive and the motivation so um yeah I'm the, today's the 29th so I'm just about to do the 58th dip so we'll have two left as of tomorrow and um yeah to to be at this point you know it's something that I, the only way I would have gotten through is looking at okay what how do I fit in today's how do I do today's and every time I've gotten into the water I've had someone in my mind because that is one of those men that we lose every hour um every minute of every hour so that's something that keeps you going if if there is any man in particular um 
listening to this who is in maybe a difficult position, is there anywhere on the website that we can signpost them to or any resources that they can get through the Movember website? Or how does the money that and awareness that, that we raise through growing mustaches, through doing sea dips like yourself or um, through running the 60 kilometers, where do we signpost these men um, should they need it? Yeah, we have, we have plenty of resources on the website. Um, and I, I guess it's important to, to remember that outside of mental health and suicide prevention, there are the other two cause areas, which are just as important for us too, which is prostate and testicular cancer. And ultimately across the world uh, to date, we funded 1300 and counting different projects uh, that range from each of those cause areas but here in Ireland um, on a more local level we we do a number of different things um, a huge uh, part of our community is the frontline mobros so they're men who work in the ambulance services the fire services guardi etc and um particularly frontline workers you know they have a higher rate of suicide than average um because ultimately the the work that they do and the the challenges that they see day in day out um it can really have that long lasting impact so so one of the projects that we work with locally here is with the Royal College of Surgeons it's a it's a program called Hugs at Home which supports not only the frontline workers but their family and their friends um to support them on that journey of their mental health and well-being. Um, we also fund a lot of research and uh, different cancer registries, prostate cancer registries with IPCOR, so the Irish Prostate Cancer Registry here, that's doing a lot of testing um, around all of the men that get diagnosed and how we can start to bring that that early diagnosis kind of more into the fore um, because Prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in men in Ireland and testicular cancer is the most commonly diagnosed within a younger age group of 15 to 34 as well. Um, and I remember again when I heard one in eight men in Ireland receive a diagnosis of prostate cancer in their lifetime. So, you know, we think these things that they might be over there, you know, but they're not. One in eight, if you think of all the men crowded in the room in a pub, like how many of those are going to be diagnosed uh, over the course of their lifetime. So um, we also are about to launch uh, our biggest project to date in Ireland. Um, it's something that actually is going to be officially launched tomorrow on the 30th, which is the last day of November. So sadly, it's not something I can speak about just yet, but mm -hmm. it is something and I'll just drop a little teaser in there. But um, it's uh, the most significant investment that Movember has made within Ireland. And it's going to be something that will touch 10,000 plus people within the first year um, that will go through a program that we're about to launch. And that's within the first year alone. So um, we are about to make a really big imprint within the Irish community. We already have, um, mm. you know, since we've been here and since 2008. But it's something that's about to get a lot more um, widespread because globally we're really starting to make a name for ourselves on the map um, in terms of Movember. And uh, we are having a lot of significant investment that's going to be coming our way, which is a really great thing and something that we're excited to share very soon. <laughs> that's unreal. We'll be looking out for that. Uh, and I suppose a couple of things you're touching on there was 
I suppose in terms of the the cancers, something that I don't think about as much when I'm doing this. I suppose personally speaking, I'm doing it more for promoting uh, talk among men. But and you're probably not aware of this actually, but Aiden has been diagnosed with testicular cancer twice in his twenties, and I suppose uh, Aiden or one or both of you could probably be able to chip in and answer in this. What sort of advice? Because like that, you don't. You don't think of it as nothing until Aiden um, got diagnosed. It's something that never crossed my mind as a in my twenties. I suppose what sort of advice? I know you have something along the lines of um, checking yourself on that sort of stuff. What's the official line of advice for both prostate and testicular? And maybe Aiden, you can chip in then with some of your own personal stuff. Yeah, um, Aiden, I'm sorry to hear that. I had no idea, um, but hope no you're problem. doing well. Yeah. Um, I guess for us, um, as I said, you know, some of our, our lines can be a bit tongue in cheek, but um, the, the campaign line that we've always had is know thy nuts. And it's ultimately about, as you said, checking yourself regularly, you know, having the conversations. If there's anything that feels out of sorts or unusual to go and get it checked to recognize, you know, you hear, I think there's there's some comfort that can be had, even though those kind of stats are sobering and they're hard to hear particularly testicular cancer when diagnosed it's the it has the best chance of recovery out of all the cancers so um yeah go and get checked just saying Aiden, would you have anything uh, to add to that in terms of your own experience i know you've spoken about it before in this and you're looking to sway away from speaking about it more but it's hard to brush over yeah well maybe, the maybe there's there's people who are listening to this that haven't listened to it before and just really capitalizing on what Ashton said <clears throat> when I was when I first realized something was wrong I was traveling at the time and was showering and and just noticed that that one of my testicles was bigger than normal and didn't pay too much attention to it and because they change size all the time anyway as men know and change shape and then about a week or two later I checked again and it wasn't getting any bigger and actually it felt hard and then then it started to grow pretty fast and it's like this this isn't right and i went back to uh my gp who checked it for me and you know like fair play to him like he didn't let me leave the surgery that day until he had contacted um galway university hospital and he got things moving very quickly for me um and and you know like within a couple of weeks i was up in galway for surgery um but one of the important things that i think that ashing touched on there as well when I was in Galway for surgery, there was another young man on the bed opposite me. I think he was about a year younger than me. And and he had also testicular cancer and had noticed that something wasn't right, but he put it off and he put it off and he put it off. And then what eventually he went to the doctor was was he was coughing a lot um, and couldn't get rid of the cough. And, and what had happened was the cancer had time to spread and and had gone to his lungs and um, now not lung cancer it was still testicular cancer but he had a much bigger journey than i did because i had taken quicker action than he did so um you know the the advice that i have is like if something's not right it's just like just nip it in the bud quickly go get it checked out it might be nothing it might be something but if it is something um essentially you have um a much better uh chance of maybe having less treatment or not allowing the, the cancer to spread. And then 
the second thing I, ha I have piece of advice I have was so I had it twice um so I had removal of the tumor the first time and the second time then it, it also had traveled to my lung um but it was on a routine checkup and very much with these things like um the you can sometimes slip through the cracks you know if with with checkups and stuff and you can slip through the system and i was just very proactive with it um myself and, and getting my bloods done and getting my scans done and and checking myself and I, I knew i was at a higher risk of it returning anyway but i pretty much caught the cancer the second time within a matter of of weeks of developing because i had caught i had got done bloods um and everything was fine and then i went for a routine scan just about just about five or six weeks later and then there was something in my lung so in that space of five to six weeks i had caught it um so my advice there to to people is like you know go go and get checked and you know be proactive with it and uh something ashton said there like these people deal with this all the time and it's a story i tell tell a lot i think it's it's so funny um i got i got examined by uh the consultant so you know you're in you're in the room it's you're behind a curtain it's trousers down boxers down and he comes in and, and he examines you and stuff and um that and that that obviously is is one of the part that men really struggle with is you know that the the thought process of that but just to uh, iterate how these people do this on such a daily basis. He examined me, boxers back on, trousers back on, out, and he wanted me to go and get a particular piece of information. I can't remember what he sent me out for. And he said to come back to him um, later on in the day. So I was in getting a lot of tests done and I passed him on the corridor and I stopped him. And I was like, I got such and such a piece of information for you. And he looked at me and he, and he looked at me and he was like, he's like, who, who are you? And I was like, you literally were looking at my penis 10 minutes ago and you don't remember who I am. So these people are like, so in terms of like the stigma that is attached to getting your trousers down and getting checked out, these people don't bat an eyelid. It's their, it's their daily job. If, it, if it's like, if it's ashing marketing, it's sending an email. If it's, you know, if it's a, Baristas making a coffee. These people do this every day. There's literally nothing that you need to be worried about or ashamed about. If something's not right, go and get it checked. It's these people's job, and they won't even remember you ten minutes later anyway. So there's there's nothing to be worried about in that sense. Pass. Thanks, Aiden. And I suppose that. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about November is even the amount of people that are taking part both men and women i think you talked about the numbers and that but like you know hearing personal stories like aiden's and then having so many taking part and and you know so many other people sending them money or giving them money and just that talking about it and that so what kind of numbers is there in ireland taking part this year uh ashley yeah um we're actually just after coming up to twelve thousand taking part this year which outside of 2020 which i think for all in the charity sector was um pretty staggering year for charities across the board um if we're to take that year out we're actually having our best year to date which is incredible and um coming up on on charge to to um raise over 2.5 million i think we're at now which is incredible 
So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's just within Ireland alone. As of this year, before we started this campaign, globally, we had had up to, I think it's over 7 million people take part globally, which is just incredible. And as you said, you know, those stories, like whether it's stories that come into our inbox, you know, daily to talking to our ambassadors, and um, we actually as a team individually go on to different people's most bases which is their online profile and we post you know um to check in on different people and we, we it's none of that's automated we like we we take it personally that we go on and we actually type into those people individually ourselves as a team because we want to stay connected to those causes you know and even i, I was doing it yesterday and i'm so blown away because i was going on you know to you say again similar to the stats you say the 12,500 and you know it's impressive but it's actually when you go on to these individual profiles and you see the faces and you see that paragraph that speaks to their motivation and their story and that's when it really hits home like I've goosebumps almost talking about it now is um, just how important this stuff is and how it affects us all in one way or another you know we talk about it's yes ultimately it's for men and it's for the three main areas that um challenge men the most um but ultimately if you think about it you know healthier men means a healthier world that's healthier men that's healthier families that's healthier communities you know it impacts everybody so uh yeah um they're the numbers but i guess impact wide it feels a lot bigger absolutely yeah and you can see that well, I, I can notice it in her <clears throat> the amount of times people have asked me about the moustache or you know obviously complimented me about my moustache and how great it is that you know it's just the <laughs> opening the discussion that you can see that impact whatever 12,000 plus you have taken part but if it's everybody if there, if there was a prize has... for those 12 and a half thousand people you would definitely want it would you well I'd be in the top three you know you like I'm really <laughs> So I mentioned, I mentioned earlier about, you know, how we used to ask guys to, to describe their mo's in three words. So if you were to describe each other's in three words, what would you call it? What would you say? Did I uh, so, first, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for this question. <laughs> Anyone that's listening to this podcast, Stephen is wearing a very fashionable blue knitted jumper. Um, his hair's combed over to the side. And it's very dark, Tash. And all I see, and that this is two words, I think, because it's not actually three words. Woodwork teacher. He's the epitome of my secondary school woodwork teacher. I think that's two words, but that's, that's if you can picture your, your secondary school woodwork teacher, that's Stephen Doak at the minute is that actual image. You could go a woodwork teacher, my a woodwork, woodwork teacher, teacher yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the woodwork teacher. <laughs> okay uh, Stephen your, your chance for revenge uh, revenge yeah I mean it's very hard to look at Aiden now without so Aiden is a next door neighbour of mine he's grown up um, literally like the house next door and his father has a lovely moustache that he's always had and I just can't look at Aiden now without thinking about Richie Hunter his father that <laughs> it just looks like I'm, I've travelled back in time Um. So, yeah, I have to go with Richie Hunter anyway. And then uh, a third word would be nice to you. Um, so, well, Ashton, you wouldn't have known this, but two weeks ago I spoke to Aiden in a, a video chat and 
there was a non-existent mustache to be honest with you <laughs> so in the past two weeks i would say the the word i'll go with is um without that well something along the lines of uh i don't know the word but like last minute growth or i can just use them three words last minute growth awesome something along those lines i think finishing strong if you if you could uh describe what what your dips were in three words the 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 60 dips that you've done how would you describe those oh put me on the spot now um three words is hard um made me think i think yeah each of those dips made me think about something and particularly as i said it was every time it was one man came to my mind and um yeah each of those dips was for each of those men amazing um we we're kind of running out of time here and i think you you just literally sparked the last question for me you thought about every time you went in for a dip you thought about a man um not thought about a man but you were mindful of men um what would you like them to know or what would your last words of this podcast be what would you wish those men knew or uh your impact or your words that you could say to them or anyone that's listening to this um i think it comes back to probably that quote that you shared at the beginning around you know it will be okay and that no matter what it is that you're going through, you know, whatever area that it is that's affecting you, of course, any of the things that we've spoken about or many more that could possibly be the case, there's always help. There's always support there. Um, it can be feel like the hardest thing in the world sometimes to reach out. I've been there. Um, but once you do, I promise it will be the most important thing that you'll do because better days are always ahead. And um Others are there to help, and um, communities are there waiting to to be there for you, um, and that you know you don't have to go through it alone. So, yeah, I think that finishing on that same note of maybe coming full circle of it will all be okay, I think is probably an important one to finish on. Mm-hmm.